All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. Hi, everybody. This is Bernice. And this is Ella. Welcome back to Thanks for Your Concern. We're so excited to have you. Uh, we're having a really awesome guest. Our really dear friend, Harald, is going to be on the podcast. He is a really amazing human being, and I'm really excited to talk about friendship, his kind of coming-of-age story, and how we know each other in some funny times. Um, so starting off, we want to ask, maybe do a little check-in. Ella, how are you doing? Uh, I have a squirrel last week. I talked about how I have a 10 foot tall t- uh, sunflower and I have a squirrel attacking it. I don't know if he's <laughs> being a menace and obviously like he's a part of nature and like I respect him as an individual, but he's been very but disrespectful him or to her. me. <laughs> <laughs> you know quarantine's getting bad when you and the squirrel have beef I do. yeah <laughs> what about you how are you uh things are good i saw my parents for the first time in a couple of months and we got to chat about the podcast they're very excited they're very uh worried about me because you know sometimes they get the versions of my stories where i make them sense that everything's okay that i'm doing great and they're like why don't you tell us things were this bad in college? So we had some good conversations about the podcast. Love that. Yeah. Um, I'm happy my parents don't listen. They don't need to listen. I think it's better that way. They also came with a bag of my stuff that I was, it was left in their apartment that I thought that was going to be a home that I could always come back to. And I've been like, kicked out. They're like, bye. We <laughs> need that room. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get started. We have Harold Hilseth. He's going to be our guest in this podcast. And Harold is who we should all be. Yeah, we were talking about it. The world would be a better place if we were all Harolds. So <laughs> a little background story of like how we know Harold, how he's relevant to today's right. podcast. Um, Harold and I have been friends since high school. He was our safe haven in Pullman many times where we didn't want to be either in the sorority after Trump getting elected. We'd go to his house. He let us crash there when we didn't want to be part of initiation and we hid in Pullman. Pullman, just a few blocks away from our sorority. So Harold has always been there for us. Yeah, I so I just want to talk about the hiding from the sorority really quick because it's a funny story. Super quick. So basically, we were like, we can't be here anymore. But of course, there's like huge consequences and they wanted to get us in trouble. If They'll they just find you like thousands of dollars if you miss initiation. And so we were just like, you know what? Jesus Christ, let's fucking let's just hide. And we were like, OK, where do we hide? And I was like, and Bernice is like, let's go hide at Herald's, which is like three blocks away from our sorority. And I had like this. I was like, oh, I lied. I was like, we're going to Seattle. We're going to go see my mom. Um, I'm so excited. And the whole time we were hiding in Herald's house. Well, let's be fair, too. I think I think I came home one day because this is like we again, this is something we'll definitely talk about today. But I was getting back from some bullshit student government stuff. I came home. I was in a bad mood. Everyone was in a bad mood. And I just saw them on our couch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So going into what we're going to talk about today. So I've known Harold since high school. And in high school, Harold was uh, very quiet. He, I would say, and more on the quiet side, he hung out with a lot of uh, white peers. And I didn't know much about Harold. And then we went to college and our friendship blossomed. And I just saw him grow as just like a person and really grow maybe like not into himself because I feel like we we can all grow into ourselves in 
a lot of fucking different ways, but he found his his people, he found his calling, and he joined student government. So he's here to talk to us about friendship, friendship breakups, finding our tribes. So we're gonna start off. Maybe, Harold, if you want to talk about the person that maybe that you were in high school and when you went to college, maybe what was the catalyst in changing your friendships? Just growing up in like Madrona, the central district, I've always just kind of like gone with this flow of like, yeah, I'm going to go play music at Garfield. I'm going to go do all these things that it just feels like it just will happen and I'm not going to give it too much thought. And then a lot of that changed when someone, we talked about me running for president and I honestly was looking for like, the easiest way out. Like, what was the position that no one was running for? That was vice president. He said, you should do it. And I was like the first time I'd ever been like, now I'm going to like actually put some ideas I have on the table rather than just like following the general spread of things. And that goes into like my relationship with my friends as well. Like you touched on it. We go to a, we went to a high school that was historically black and just like black and brown POC. Like it was let it's been it's been the center of social movements it's been, it's been the center of all this incredible work that's been done in seattle and now it's incredibly white and gentrified and you know there's still a culture to it um but it played into what bernice had said like friend group was very white and that came with a lot of issues um so like going into college where like all of those white friends in a way like went to four-year institutions that i didn't make it into like coming out of high school like I never even thought about how privileged it was to like go get a higher education yeah Mm -hmm. Um, you know I'm second gen but that don't that don't mean much compared to actually being a first generation student um and these things like we're just not I wasn't cognizant to them I wasn't open to like thinking about them in high school and I don't like hold myself too tough on that I guess but yeah I just like went into freshman year thinking that like oh I'm going to WSU I mean definitely yeah I feel like for one thing that I've uh, listening to you that kind of relate to is uh, for a really long time I think I uh, didn't realize my privilege when it came to college and also the lack of privilege mm-hmm. because I feel like I compared myself so much to my peers when to be honest like I rented in the neighborhood where people were owning so like that's a very I think that's kind of like a really big difference where their families had enough money to buy half a million dollar homes in our neighborhood but like my family could never afford that but you think you like go to the same school that you have the same life as somebody that you're somehow failing when I realized I didn't take SAT prep I I literally took the test one time Woke up in the morning, like at 930, half an hour before and like went up to Ingram. And I just was not, I just like went in and went out. My dad picked me up afterwards. We watched a soccer game afterwards. It just wasn't, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't like, a, yeah, it was, I, like, I don't even yeah, think I my totally parents like that. knew what those tests were, you know? Yeah. So definitely like, I feel like then in college, I found people that I related to. And I've always said that in high school, like I didn't really have a friend group, even though I was popular because I did like gross things that I not gross things I just feel embarrassed now to be like I was cheerleading captain captain uh but (laughs) (laughs) I was cheerleading captain I was super popular but like I didn't have friends but I didn't have friends because I feel like on some level I just couldn't relate to them and it wasn't until college that I found like a group of people where I was like oh okay cool like you guys have similar backgrounds as me and I feel really blessed to like have had that because I know not everyone has that opportunity yeah for me I was definitely a floater in high school and uh that just really means like I had different friend groups with different backgrounds and let I mean to this day when people reach out to me about the podcast they're like I feel like a bad friend because I know so many things about you and it's like no 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 you were a great friend I just didn't share shit with anybody so yeah I couldn't build a lot of totally yeah Yeah. I, I couldn't build a lot of like 
great relationships unless there were certain people that I trusted in different groups. So I never had like this niche group of like friends that I felt like we were going to go through all of high school together. But yeah. And then shit changes in college. It changes a lot. But like and like you, we went to WSU. We know most white folks, especially those that like didn't grow up like in a city environment maybe or like didn't go out of the way if you lived in the in the suburbs if you lived in like Enumclaw like that's the thing about WCU is that like I didn't go to Northwestern I didn't go to USC I didn't go to Harvard Michigan like all of these like very prestigious universities with a wide array of folks from across the nation we went to the state university and like WCU has its fair share of problems we all know that but it's like it put together a lot of people from Washington and like California and Hawaii as well. Um, but, you know, a lot of Washingtonians that came from like Eden McClaw, like Chelan, like I've never met, I had never met someone from the Tri-Cities before I went to WSU. Um, so I feel like that like allowed me space to kind of grow outside of just hanging out with who I was comfortable with, you know, like trying to get um, in touch with like who I wanted to be and what that would evolve into. Um, and like freshman year, I had a super tight, diverse, awesome group of friends that we all lived on the same floor in Goldsworthy. And Goldsworthy, Goldsworthy. Southside where the it's, only diversity was. Because <laughs> it was the oh. cheapest door. Oh, that was so much money. But well, yeah, you I were mean, more I, responsible. Yeah. You didn't need the structure, I feel like, that some people <laughs> freshmen okay. need. Fair, fair, fair. But I mean, even freshman year, I was trying to get out. I applied to transfer twice. My friend, I mean, I haven't told a lot of people this um, before, like other Ooh, close friends. Hot takes. Like, hot takes. And this is something that like carried with me into college freshman year when Bernice would come hang out. Like she would like hammer this in. Like I am kind of indebted for real, like to Bernice for like pointing this out to me. Like, like, wow, sorry. <laughs> but no, like for real, just like this idea that you like I've never really wanted to like let go of like my past experiences entirely, but like there was a point where I was just too attached to this idea of who I thought I should be like from high school, like especially working with those PTSA moms and dads who like have that privilege. They're very well-meaning folks, like the parents of a lot of my good friends. But some of them have said stuff like I said, I was going to WSU. They're like, oh, don't worry. Like you'll get up there. Yeah. Like you'll, you can always transfer. And I'm like, these things do not help a 17 year old who yeah. doesn't know what the fuck those kind of microaggressions, not even just like microaggressions, like straight up, like they are not thinking about like, just like the privilege a college education is that yeah. fed into me wanting yeah. to like transfer and I didn't get in. I got rejected twice and that was devastating. I was just like, do I want to leave? Because after that freshman year, the friend group I thought I'd have all four years, like a lot of like, I'd probably say about three fourths of that group that we had about eight, nine, 10 guys. Like they all had to drop out for different reasons. They had to drop out because college was mm -hmm. too expensive. WSU is like not the right place for some people. It is a very no. toxic place sometimes. Yeah, all the time. And, oh, yeah, all the time. It's kind of just how you manage it, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> but like some, it just wasn't for some of my friends. And I went into my sophomore year. But then this is when I like feel like I started to just like get comfortable again. And I was like, all right, I'm going to be at WCU for four years. Let's just be friends with like the student government, white people. And <laughs> this is where I think... Bernice, they thought I completely drop everyone. No, I'm kidding. Because I kind of did. They were like... You were busy. 
I was very busy and it was not healthy. I should have given myself a little bit of time off. A little fun once in a while. We try to make you have fun. Every single time I'd see Hurled, I'd be like, so what are we doing tonight? Like, you're going to come out with us, right? Like, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Like, Hurled, you can't just like be work all the time. Let's go. Let's do this. Hurled never took me up on it. Like, very, (laughs) very rarely. But, you know, we're working on on the balance. To send it every day and then like, I'd get home at like nine o'clock. I was trying to do projects that all my quote unquote friends did not care about. And like they were majority white folks. And there were some like POC that just put, I feel like I put that put like their work and like trying to get ahead, trying to play this weird game that like I already hate politicians playing. They were, these were these were kids playing as if they were the the, the sitting U.S. senators for like <laughs> states, like dead ass states. And like I'm not afraid to say that we and like for me to get in there with like a dream to want to like do better for the university, that quite honestly I didn't want anything to do with the year before. Like I thought would be emboldening and like would rub off on some folks. Like it has in my past experiences. Like if you wanted to be friends, we'd live up to the standards. Like at least in that sense for like a work friendship. Um, and then I didn't have any homies like other than like the guys in the house, like when we when we all started hanging out more as at the safe house. And then I learned about what a live out was sophomore year from them. It was crazy. <laughs> I was like, people really live in these conditions. <laughs> yeah, I mean those folks like freshman or sophomore year, like they a lot of them weren't the homies. And like I didn't have that semblance to like want to go to the fourth floor you know like and, the fourth and, floor it was like the multicultural um mm-hmm. basically hub uh so it was like a lot of people of color smart start was there which is like first uh, generation college students um but the fourth floor was very standoffish to me like like you had to for me because i'm half black and half white i always feel uncomfortable in spaces where it's like black spaces because it's sometimes People don't recognize me as being black, whatever. That's a whole separate story. But it is a little intimidating to try and join. Like, it was like a club that Mm. I didn't, like, I got invited to, but I felt uncomfortable going. For having the multicultural background, but like, I don't know. I just never, every time that I went there, people just like would stare. And I, I, I'm just trying to print my fucking homework for free. Like, I don't have time to or like I know this is gonna sound crazy but since we were in a sorority people were like you hang out with white people like you're trying to be white because you're literally in a traditional white group which is because sororities (laughs) fun thing I like to do at frat parties is when I'm always like oh yeah my dad went to WCU and they're like what frat was he in and I was like oh they didn't let black people in at the time (laughs) they think I'm kidding well actually I don't think they think I'm kidding I'm not kidding um (laughs) and then it makes them them super uncomfortable and it's like no it's cool like you're kind of in a white supremacy group but whatever like let's not talk about it (laughs) it's okay like you signed up for this yeah (laughs) I mean I spent a lot of I spent this as a side note, but I spent a lot of junior year at like Tridelts because that that was Tridelta is is sorority. Devin's <laughs> sorority, and like we worked there a lot um, during the campaign, which I'm sure we'll touch on. But yeah, I've it was a weird dynamic. I'm very gracious to they they like would like feed me and stuff like they would like let me sit in on their lunches. She nice, paid nice for that. Okay, those were guest she privileges. <laughs> those included. <laughs> Also, boys, oh, any time you brought a boy, they'd be like, yeah, eat here, whatever. It looks good. You're, you're a cute guy. They're like, yeah, this is good for oh. the image. 
good for the image. <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, it was just weird with like going back to stu- the student government being like the crux of it. Like, yeah. um, I mean, those those are what kind of changed the direction for me. But like that started sophomore year, but then I was still hanging out with the same white people and we were just complaining about like bullshit student government stuff that I just like in the moment was like, oh, this is the center of the world on this campus. And like, surprise, it wasn't like it was <laughs> just toxic in a lot of ways. Well, but I mean, I'm curious to hear about your stories about cutting off friends. Of cutting people off. I'll just say this, that it's really crazy because I feel like me cutting people off is not something that I would have done in high school because yeah. in high school I was seeking validation so badly and I wanted to be like I mean I think this is I've talked to my therapist about this this is very normal for a teenager especially like a young teenager to like want to fit in and so in high school like I never cut people off so I think like cutting people off kind of was a part of me becoming who I am which is what are you really about and who do you want to have around you? Just thinking about like, what are my values really led me to find like-minded people and a quote freshman year that I painted on one of my canvases. That's a big thing. (laughs) It's painting canvases is like a go-to dorm decoration. But the one that I really resonated with is that your vibe attracts your tribe. Um, And I just really felt like, you know what, I'm just going to be myself, which I is not, I, just, I did not do that in high school. I was everybody else and who I thought people wanted me to be. But then college, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be myself and hopefully people are attracted to who I am. And I was really lucky that I'm telling you this vibe stuff is like real because me and Berenice became friends on literally like the first, not even the first day. It was like day zero of college. Um, and I feel really lucky, even though I talk some major shit on greek life like at least i found really dope human beings i agree and so i can give the other side like growing up a couple people cut me off a couple that resonate was a really good friend i had like throughout middle school and a little bit of high school and i felt like she had some a lot of like family stuff going on and i just she was really like unhappy like even though we were friends and we got into like a lot of things i think her life she just had a lot of struggles and she always looked at the bright side which i think that like that's what what made our friendship our friendship we were like really close because even though we both faced a lot of adversity we would always be like this is the best day ever even though like no it's really not um and it got to a point where she was just like you just have a really different lifestyle than me and I feel like I have to leave it behind in order to like move forward. And at that point, like that really hurt me because I thought like we were really close. Um, like I've said this before, like when I'm really close to my friends, I see them as family members. Like you're just an extension of that. Mm-hmm. So even though it hurt, I was like, I will always be here for you. And now like I understand that like people, they kind of run their course. Um, Elle and I were talking about this, like you can grow separately. Like I see where they were coming from and I see where they were going. It's really hard when you feel like people leave you behind. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's never really like that. Like I'm on good terms with all the people that like have cut me off in the past now. Yeah, the thing my therapist says about like all relationships is that you have like your path and then someone else has their path and then you have the path that you share together, right? And you can't control someone else's path. And at some point, the path that you have together just might kind of like have to end because your paths are just so different at this point and like that's what growing the part really is and growing apart is like really difficult and now that I'm 26 oh goodness gracious I'm just a different person and I feel like that's 
that's obvious, right? That you're a different person at 26 than you were at 16. And I'm sad sometimes I don't have certain people in my life. But then again, I just think about that. Like we just don't fit and that's okay. It doesn't mean that that person's a bad person or anything. It just means that they're different and you're different. I agree. I have close to a lot of relationships with people who are now Trump supporters, but I friend people all the time now that are Trump supporters. <laughs> <laughs> so is there like any advice you would have given yourself like five years ago? That life is wild. You're not going to be able to control it sometimes and like feel comfortable in your emotions and just don't get stuck in an old zone too long. The comfortability aspect is not healthy. We love that. Yes, we do. Do you have any advice, Ella? <laughs> I think... As soon as you become true to yourself, you that's a scary situation because you might lose people, right? But you have to think about what's on the other side and being yourself and being true to yourself is really what life is about because people come and go, things happen. So if you're not secure in yourself, then you're not going to attract friends that are truly your real friends, right? So figure out who you are and then just find people based off of that instead of trying to conform so that you can have friends be yourself and then find friends that fit that i just want to say i guess uh there's always a lot of noise and by noise i mean like there's always a lot of things like i think going on in the world and thinking about a lot of the people that have reached out to me or i have reached out to even with starting this podcast i've had a lot of friends that i think I may have taken for granted because there was so many things like I was doing and that I never really gave them their full, I don't know, just like their full time, their full, full love that I think I should have. So I think that's the advice I would give to myself. Give people more of your time, a little more quality, a little less quantity. Love that. Yeah. It's time for the plug of the week. All right, so mine is going to be a little... It's not a person, it's a thing. I need everyone to go register to vote. This is really important. I literally cannot implore people more to register for vote. But I want you to take it one step further, which is make sure that Go check your registry to see where your ballot is being delivered. That window is closing. I know that I had to go through a bunch of hoops to get my ballot because I accidentally left my college address on there. So please, everyone, go check that. And then tell literally everyone you know to go register to vote because this is the most important election in the history of America. Word. Um, My plug of the week is Kelly Richardson. She is a writer, artist, and educator. Her work explores the intersections of race, class, and gender with the themes of love, loss, and longing. We're all around intersectionality on this podcast. Um, You can find her work and her blog at brownbetty.org. She just released The Art of Naming My Pain, which is a collection of poetry, prose, and collages, which you can find more on her website. She also recently uh, had a pop-up where she sold her most recent collection some are still available so check her out her instagram is at brown betty 253 all right Harold, what's your plug of the week i have got a kind of sticking with uh maybe the topic of today i've got to show some uh filipino fam love to my guy uh jess wanich um we went to high school with him at garfield and he just got done uh being a great student body president for seattle university he's getting his master's but on the side of that um, and he's also first gen, just all claps around to Jess. Um, he just hit a hundred thousand views on his YouTube channel because he also does music. And I just wanted to drop that link. It's JJ Wan 
J-U-A-N on YouTube and his Instagram is J-U-A-N-I-C-H, Jess Wanich. Um, appreciate it. All right. Links will be in the description and also we're going to post them on our Instagram. That was Plugs of the Week. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I would love if you guys would go give our Instagram a follow, which is thanks the number for your concern. And we have a link on there that shows you like our Twitter, our YouTube, um, and where else you can find us. If you want to do us a fat favor, you could go rate us on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out so much. So we are so excited to have you today. We want to give another thank you to Harald. And bye. Bye.